Last week we discussed the requirement for women to daven on a daily basis. And we discussed how it really is based on the machlokas between the Rambam and the Ramban as far as what exactly is the chiv of tefillah in general on a daily basis. And how the Rambam holds that there is a mitzvah midaraisa, that there is a requirement from the Torah of vavadatem es Hashem alokechem, serving Hashem, that that means that one has to do an avodah shabalev, one has to be mispalel, one has to davening to Hashem. And the Rambam describes that this is a daily requirement that involves a shavach, a praise of Hashem, a bakasha, a request of Hashem, and a hodah, and thanking Hashem. And that this is something that is supposed to be done daily, but it really can be done any time of day. Anything after that, any more than that very, very small snippet of what tefillah is, is something that was codified by Chazal. They're the ones who created our nusach. They're the ones who created the, the words that we use in our tefillah. They are the ones that said how many times we have to daven. And they're the ones that told us when we have to daven. And as a result, the Durabanan, the rabbinic components of this mitzvah are mitzvahs asay shazman grama, they're time-bound. And as such, women are exempt from time-bound mitzvahs. So the Torah obligation of tefillah is not time-bound. It's something that is, uh, it's every day, but it's all day. And therefore, women are obligated to keep a mitzvah that's not time-bound. So women have a Torah obligation to daven, but that obligation is just to have that praise of Hashem, request of Hashem, thanks of Hashem. All other components of tefillah are midrabanan, time-bound, and therefore not in the realm of something a woman needs to do. The Ramban disagrees. The Ramban says that there is a chiv of tefillah, but it's really just when a person is in need of something, then he's supposed to turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He or she is supposed to turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's not something that needs to be done daily. Daily tefillah is something that was established by Chazal. It's a rabbinic obligation. And that institution of Chazal is time-bound because we know that we have to daven at specific times, shachras, minchamarv, whatever they may be. But nonetheless, they were Mesakein, they established that women are included in this Takana, even though it's time-bound, because everybody needs Rachamim, everybody needs HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mercy, and therefore, since Tefillah is basically a request for uh, Rachamim of Hashem, women are included, and were included from the get-go in this Takana of Chazal. And therefore, women have the same exact obligation as men to Davin. The Mishnah Brewer we saw last week, Paskins, that the Halacha follows that of the Ramban. This idea of tefillah, when we talk about tefillah, we don't mean like the entire Shacharis or the entire Mincha, entire Marv. We're talking about Shmona Esrei. And uh, we'll talk about the Chiyuv and Mincha Marv. We mentioned it last week. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But the idea of davening Shmona Esrei, according to the Ramban, is a requirement for women, the Mishnaburah says Shachros and Mincha. Again, we'll talk about that. And that is something that is the baseline chiv, the baseline requirement for a woman. 
However, we are aware, especially you're aware, that at certain times in a, a woman's life, the requirement for davening seems to be different or seems to not be absolute. And the question is, so what exactly is that based on? What's that all about? So the halacha is that women who are involved in the raising of a family do not, we're not nohig and are not nohig necessarily to daven in the full way that, that as, as we have tefillah. The reason is because there is this concept called tetrudos. They are uh, totally locked into what they are. They are preoccupied. They are fully busy and occupied with their uh, raising of the family. And as a result, they have a, an out on tefillah. The nature of this, what exactly the framework of that out of Trudos is, is actually something that is a tremendous discussion in the postkin. The main and basic approach is that in the event that a woman is tarud, even though it seems that we generally paskin like the Ramban and that the Chiv of tefillah is something, daily tefillah is something that's Yes, Midrabanan, yes, time-bound, but something that was established for women to participate in, and therefore they are mechoyiv. However, it's not to say that the opinion of the Rambam is totally rejected. So as a result, women who are in this status of being trudos, they rely on the opinion of the Rambam that say that women are able to fulfill their obligation of tefillah through Shevach, praise of Hashem. Bakasha, requesting something from Hashem. And Hoda, and thanking Hashem. That very minimal prayer really doesn't need more than 20, 30 seconds, maybe even less in a woman's day. And therefore, that is how a woman is able to fulfill her chiv of tefillah, but just using this minimal approach that the Rambam is mechaiv women in. Because again, remember, the Rambam says that there is a chiv, that the chiv mid the the absolute chiv the, the, from minat Torah, is that one just have, and this is for men and women, have this very, very small uh, snippet of tefillah. The establishment of everything else is something that was established by Chazal. It's time-bound. It's only for men. Men do not have an out. They do not, they do not have the ability or the capacity to say, yeah, I'm busy, I'm busy. Even if they're busy with the family, they, are not, they do not have the ability to say and to have the excuse of, uh, listen, I don't want to, I'm, I'm tired, I'm busy with stuff, and therefore I'm out of tefillah. No, no, no. That when Chazal made their, their chiv for men to daven, Rambam, Ram, Ramban, either way you look at it, they are absolutely mechayiv, and therefore they've got to find the time. It's women who have this true dose that get them, so to say, out of the need to have the full Shemona Esrei tefillah, and they could rely on this very, very, very uh, shortened and truncated tefillah. Uh, and then, that's not the only reason that Chazal, that, that the, the post can present to us. An approach is that there is a concept that a chola and somebody who is, so let's say somebody is, is ill and they really need um, an attendant to be on top of their needs. 
So a chola umisham shehem, a chola and the 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 attendant of that chola, it, they are putter from davening. They are considered putter from davening. So I believe it's brought down in the name of Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky that when a, a parent, when a mother actually specifically is dealing with her children, that is something that takes on this realm of being chola umisham shehem. It's like there's somebody who needs help that, you know, can I know her? They're well, but they need help. And the, uh, the, the mothers, uh, their role at that point is to take care of them. And therefore, just like a chola misham sheim, any type of chola, sick person, and those that are dealing with them could be potter from davening, so too, a mother is potter from davening. Doesn't have to daven. A third approach that's brought down is that there is a halacha about somebody who is a traveler who comes back, and again, traveling back in the day was by foot. And it was passing through very dangerous areas, and it wasn't, there were motels all over the place that you could just stop and whatever. So a chola, uh, I'm sorry, a traveler who would arrive at home, even, even after arriving home, the exhaustion that they, were, that they were suffering from was such that it got them off of the hook of davening for at least, uh, you know, at least some period of time for, at, at that point. And therefore, a woman who is busy with her household is also going to be kind of included in something like that, where they are tarud, where they are just totally like, um, not considered unable to fully focus on the davening to the point where they are not required to daven. A fascinating difference between these approaches is that according to the, let's say, the first approach of relying on the Rambam, one who relies on the Rambam does have to give, does have to say that small tefillah. You can't not daven. You could just do the baseline of what the Chiyav Da'araisa is, which is the, the, the praise of Hashem, the request from Hashem, and the thanks of Hashem. One can do that. These other approaches, the cholo misham shehem. So if, if, you're, if there's a sick person and somebody who's the attendant of the sick person, they're totally off the hook of davening. They do not daven at all. So there's no requirement. There's zero requirement of davening. Uh, yeah. But wouldn't you think that they would want to give a thanks to Hashem or a request to Hashem? Um, Given, yeah, I mean, they uh, given the, the given the situation that they're in, the chola and the mishamsheim. Perhaps, but um, if you look at it as okay, somebody is is literally literally dealing with uh, you know p- keeping somebody on life support and getting them to a hospital and you know whatever it took, especially without cars and and ambulances and nine one one. So one can think of it as like, no, I don't, I don't have a split second to do anything having to do with davening. And yes, while a person may at that point, like, you know, just say like, Hashem, help me, you know, like, but the, the, the sense of the, this structured davening would, would just not fit at that point. And the idea of like turning one's mind away from whatever's going on in their day-to-day, minute-to-minute life and turning to Hashem it's just not the thing to do at that moment. 
Um, same thing with that traveler. There was there was this sense of exhaustion that people apparently had that made them just unable to focus. Not something that we necessarily can always uh, often relate to, but it is a thing that a, a state of being that a person can get to. So we general so even though there are these three different approaches that are out there, the approach that is put forward is that the base a, a woman should be doing that baseline something um, every day, which we'll see is not such a big deal to do. Now, what is, how do we define somebody who's torrid? What, like, what does it mean? So, so um, a person could say that they're very busy with, uh, they're, they're taking care of some sort of big chesed project and they need to, from the second they wake up in the morning, they need to be involved in it until they go to sleep at night. Do they get off the hook of davening? How does it work? And the, the, the bottom line is that just because people are busy, even if they're busy with good deeds, that does not make a person tarot. That the, the halacha of trudos, the halacha of women that are busy, it's not just busy with life. It's busy with the household life involved in raising children, which has its own special way of um, occupying a person and their, their mind. Uh, so if a girl, let's say a single girl, who has taking, you know, college boards or something, you know, LSATs, uh, you know, MCAT, whatever it is. So yes, they're very busy and yes, they're very preoccupied, but it doesn't matter. That's not the type of busyness and preoccupation that gets a woman out of the standard requirement that we would say that they have based on the Ramban. A woman who goes to work, let's say, let's say there's a woman who has kids, but she goes to work. So how do we look at that? Because now certainly hundreds of years ago, that wasn't, that just wasn't the norm. But do we look at that woman? She's getting out of the house. She's so. Is she, could we say she's tarud and therefore she's not a davener, in that sense? So, poskim seem to say that a woman who is going to work because she wants to have a career, and that it's really not about um, finances or anything like that. So then, she's not busy or preoccupied with her family. But a woman who's working because this is like part of like how, you know, two paycheck family, like that's the only way to make ends meet. That's if that's what's going on. So then she is doing stuff for her family. She's she has decided that the way for her to take care of her family at this moment is to ship her kids off to somebody and then run and do something else so that she can feed them later in the day. So that also is absolutely considered somebody who is tarud, who is uh, that, that that woman is considered somebody who's busy. Then the question is, so what, what do we do? What does a woman do? Um, so this is like her life is, she, you know, she's can I know how we're busy with kids, etc. But one day, like the kids, uh, you know, are away and she actually has like a little breathing room or like put, the, you know, even even not that. Let's say the um, she has um, she, she has a late start at work something like that. So she has a half an hour. So can she sit down on the couch and take a breath? Or should she daven? 
So really, the, the poskim seem to break that up into like two different things. That if a woman is actually like on vacation and her schedule just lends itself to, for whatever reason, you know, I don't quite understand how being on vacation makes a mother's life easier. I don't know, honestly, but let's say somebody took their kids, took her kids or something for a couple of days, then she should daven. But the idea that she has like a half an hour to breathe, that's not considered to be, oh, now you're, now you're not busy. It's, it, it's basically this mindset of, of a mother raising her children is just that she's always just preoccupied with so if it's not this, it's this, it's this, it's this, or thinking about whatever appointment. So there's always something, and it just creates this internal busyness and this internal distraction and this internal focus on the children that makes it that she um, is in this realm of not being of not, not being required to daven. That being said, if a woman would want to daven, there's absolutely no reason not to. That would be an absolutely wonderful thing to do. Now, how does, what, so a woman who's just doing bare basics davening, what does that look like? So, one, so, so different ideas are brought down in different poskim. The idea of saying, of starting from, so start from there, and going through the Yihirat zone afterwards, that will cover praising Hashem, asking Hashem for things, and thanking Hashem. All of that is in there. Birchas um, HaTorah also is something that contains a, it has, has praise of Hashem. It asks Hashem to make Torah sweet for us and to give it to our children and offspring. And it, it ends, and it also has pra- um, thanks of Hashem. Um, benching, I saw brought down. Somebody says that like, if, if a woman benches, if you think about in benching, you have praise request, thanks, all those things are kind of in there. So for that, a woman would have to have in mind that like kind of like I'm doubling up on my benching. I'm benching and I'm, this is also my tefillah. That would have to be the mindset. Rosh Hashanah Arbach says that when we say moda'ani, what are we saying? Moda'ani lefanecha, thank you, Hashem. Shechazar to be nishmasi, bechemla, rabbi munas. So this is all, so it's praise, and it's thanks. And all you got to do is just say moda'ani, say Hashem, please help me survive today. And then <laughs> you're good. Others, dis- others like are not so happy with that because there's a question of, is the, does the order really matter? So if you're doing that, you're making the request after the thanks and the praise. It's not exactly the order of praise, thanks, uh, pr- praise, request, Thanks. So, um, but Rav Shlomo Zaman says that you can pull that off. Rav Moshe Feinstein seems to indicate that the order sort of matters. So, um, because it's our Amidah goes that way. Yeah. And, that's, and, that's, and, Ami, and Amidah goes that way because that's the order that was established as the appropriate way um, to daven it. Okay. Um, Someone, uh, I just also another fascinating, fascinating Shiloh, but it, it happens. So let's say a woman can only get around to full Shemona Esrei, but it's going to be after Zman Tefillah. Very, very busy in the morning, 
But, you know, at 12, she has, she's got time from like, you know, from 12.30 to, to, to 3. So does it pay to Davin Shmona Esrei even though it's after the Zman? Answer, yes. Because then, even though you're technically like, you missed the Zman, so what's the point of saying Shmona Esrei? No, no, no. Shmona Esrei is the same thing. I mean, you get all, you have all the elements of prayer in Shmona Esrei. So why not say Shimon Esrei, which has the praise the way Chazal formulated it, the request the way Hashem formulated the way the Chazal formulated it, and the thanks the way the Chazal formulated it. So what a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. Is it okay if we say it earlier also if it's late like eight o'clock or Davening at Shul and you do it at twelve thirty because that's the time you have does that matter for a woman? As far as to Daven Mincha. Or should you have to wait till Oh, okay. So we'll get to the Zmanim. Hang on. Okay, we'll get to how how the Zman necessarily apply. But first, before I do that, so so let's just go through. Um, so that is so that that's the concept of yes, there are women who are trudos in life that they are very very busy with their lives and they have to they should at least baseline dive in something. That's how they could pull it off, etc. Now let's say we're t- yeah. So that could be the schola case. So if the parent is really requiring the full-time pressure of care, that would be one thing. If it's just that, that there's something more chaotic. To, I mean, on a regular day, day-to-day, there would generally be something more chaotic about caring for children than about caring for Older. I was, so I was about to say, that's like for the medical things. If somebody's dealing with something like that, where it's just every second is just something else, that would probably be this realm of a chola umisham shehem, the sick person and the person who's caring for them. And if you're really on like this, uh, you know, you're just on edge every, any second, there's something else going on, that would... I, that would make a person potter from tefillah. And I imagine that that would probably be true for men and women. Just, you know, um, if, that was the, if that was the situation. So they wouldn't even have to do a bakasha. They, I Technically, mean, they yeah. Do, uh, yeah, they wouldn't have to bodies. do anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now, let's say, let's get back into the realm of, okay, we, we're going to damashumana esrei, we're going to assume that that's our state of life. What tefillos... Of we have a full sitter over here. What do we have to do? What are we? What are well? You. What are what are women mechayivin? What are they required to have as part of their davening? The Mishnah Brura and many others say that shachris and mincha are part of this thing that women have to do. The shmona esrei of shachris and the shmona esrei of mincha are part of a woman's chiv. Both. Rav Shalom Zaman Arbach says that that's not what was, that's not what happened. That maybe, yes, technically, whatever the Ramban is saying would make sense to apply by Shacharis and by Mincha. But ultimately, the Minag of women and what was established and what has been accepted throughout the generations is that it's Shacharis and not Mincha. So there are different approaches to that. There are some women who are very careful about mincha also. 
others that are not. And it seems to be that there are these two schools of thought. There's no, I don't think that there's a, uh, you know, a wrong one um, when it comes to that. Mariv is something that women were not macabre upon themselves. That is certainly not in the realm of chiyuv in any way, shape, or form. Uh, actually, there are those that, that recommend for a woman who is super busy with children, etc., that maybe if they really have a thing, if they really would like to daven Shemona Esrei, they can daven Marav Shemona Esrei. Why not? Hopefully everybody's asleep by then, and then they can have some quiet time. So there's nothing wrong with a woman davening um, uh, Marav uh, Shemona Esrei. And um, so that's something that they can do, but there's certainly no chiv, no requirement of davening Marav. Musaf is something that women are not required to daven. Women have no chiv of Musaf. They are allowed to daven Musaf is the way it's brought down. Because you can ask yourself a question. If I'm not chayiv, if I'm not required, so then am I allowed to say these brachos? Like, you know, what, so the answer is yes, you are. The, the reason for a woman's lack of chiv, lack of requirement for Musaf, is number one, because it is time-bound. It's a time-bound, it's not part of the regular structure of tefillah. It is, is musaf, it's added tefillah. And it also um, correlates to the carbon musaf the, the, that, that was brought, that women were not a part of. So musaf really is not something that enters into the realm of chiv for women. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are different. The Chiyuv on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur stands apart because that has a lot to do with Rachamim, with asking for Rachamim from Hashem, and therefore women are encouraged to daven Mosef on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So that's a, that's a should. Um, Halel also is something that women are not mechoyiv to say on our standard Halal day. The exceptions are at the Haggadah, because women are part of the whole Seder night and all of the mitzvahs of Seder night, Afhein Hayub Anes, they were involved, and therefore the Haggadah's Halel is a special Halel that women are Mechoyevin, that they're required to participate in, um, and possibly Chanukah too, because Chanukah is also a mitzvah that women are strongly associated with, and therefore there is an encouragement to, uh, for women who wouldn't necessarily say halal on a Rosh Chodesh, but on Hanukkah there is more reason to say it than other times. But it comes out very interesting that like on a Sukkot or a Shavuot, that halal is not a requirement. But of course, it is something that they can do, and again, it comes into the idea that it's time-bound, it's a mitzvah, sashashah, my grandma, and therefore women are technically off the hook. Getting to daily davening. Moda'ani. Moda'ani is something that women should say. That is, it is a, it's waking up, it is, a, again, it's a praise and a thanks of Hashem. There is a mitzvah to say it, and women have that mitzvah. It's not... It, it's it's something that is uh you know it's it's a it's a good thing to say. There is actually a question about how a woman is supposed to say moda ani. 
Do you say, this is interesting, mode or moda? Right? Because mode is masculine. Moda is fem is is so um I believe Rushama Zaman Arbach says that that he used to tell the 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 women in his family to say Moda. Yeah, you're this is coming from you. But the Rivervos Ephraim, who is um uh his uh, Rev Ephraim Greenblatt, who was a a rav and a po I don't even know if he was a rav, he was a posek, a very, very close Talmud of Rav Moshe Feinstein who lived in Memphis, Tennessee, for many, many years. He has a famous brother, Nutta Greenblatt, so he has a brother. So Nutta Greenblatt was the one who traveled all over the place and took care of Gittin. So he had a brother, Ephraim, who wrote tremendous amount, and, and he, um, he had tremendous back and forth, specifically with Moshe Feinstein, but he was looked at as a, as a tremendous posek in America, sitting out. In the middle of Memphis, I believe he was, for many years, a second-grade Rebbe. I think that's what he did. Um, but, uh, but he says that, no, the idea is that Moda'ani was the way it was established, and even if it doesn't fit your gender, that's, the, you know, it's, it's just, it's a takana of tefillah. So we say, you know, a lot of our tefillahs are said in the masculine, and women don't change it just because it's, you know, so, so therefore that's... Okay, Birchas Hashachar. That holds true for, for anything. Any established fila. Yeah. All of the established filas that we have, they set up a formula of davening. And that's it. So, so we all say the same formula. It's not, if, if, you know, if we were talking literally from ourselves. So that, and, and it could be that, that this machlokas, that this disagreement is kind of like, how do you look at moda'ani? Do you look at it as sort of like a tefillah that was established, and therefore we're just all saying the tefillah that was established. When you kind of change the tense of it, or whatever, you change the gender of it, you're, it's, it's, you're personalizing it. And, and moda'ani kind of is like a very personal thing. We all say the same th- words, but it's a personal thing to say. So that, that's kind of like the two perspectives on it. But the rest of davening is structured, and it just it is what it is, and we don't mess around with it. Yeah, we don't want to tamper with it, right? What? Except that one. Okay, hang on, we'll get to that. Um, now, Berchas Hashachar. Um, Can you go over the the structure of when you get up and you you say Moda'ani, and technically you could still be in bed? All right. What what comes after that? Could you go over that? Okay. You know, all, all the okay, okay. So, wake up in the morning. Pause a few seconds. Say Moda'ani. Already just lying in bed. Um, I was about to say, you don't have to put your yarmulke on, but <laughs> you never do. Um, and that, 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 it's not, it's, and one does not have to wash Negelvasser to say that. There's nothing, there's no shame Hashem, doesn't it? You don't have Hashem's name in there. So therefore, you just say it. At that point, you get up, uh, you go wash your hands, three, you know, three, three. Um, and that is, and use the facilities. When all, when all brachos are made is a little bit depends on like what a person is doing first thing in the morning. So 
the structure of like let's say a man's day would be that he would you know be getting up Russian negavaser and then he pretty much is supposed to hit the davening right away or he could learn first and then go daven but at that point a person would after they were done getting dressed they would say alnatilas yadayim asher yatsar and and elokaineshama that elokaineshama Different sidurim have it in different spots. Um, there are two different minhagim as to when that should be said. So according to many, I think Art School has it right after Asher, Asher Yatsa. No? no? They have it later? Interesting. Okay. Whoops. So after, has it after Asher Yatsa. Okay. For those brachos. Yes. Yeah. First get dressed, then say those brachos. Um, because on the Yudayim, and without getting super complicated, technically a person, as soon as they wake up, they should wash an Egovasar. Then, person usually uses facilities, gets dressed, in getting dressed, they touch uncovered parts of their body. There's really a person before, then, after they're fully dressed, they should wash their hands again, three and three. After that, comes the Al-Natil the Asher Yatsar, and then there are those that make the Elokai say the Elokai at that point. Those are all brachos that women should say. No reason not to. Again, if a woman's, you know, out of the realm of davening, they're out of the realm of davening. But assuming that a woman is going to be, is, is, in, is in the game of davening, those are brachos that are um, on the table for them. Um, they all apply. Then the, the first Alnatilas Yudayim, or not the first, but the Alnatilas that goes for the, the Ruach Ra, that's on the... That takes, yeah, that's everything that, was, that has to get off your hands after sleeping, and it's Ruach Ra that was on your hands, it's, uh, it has to do with you're now going to go and serve Hashem for the, for the rest of the day. There are multiple reasons that we wash our hands in the morning. Yeah, so it covers all of those. Um, then Berchas HaTorah. So, and Berchas HaTorah is also, it is a bracha, there are a series of brachas that women should make. Women, as much as it could be argued that women do not have a chiv, a requirement to learn Torah, so why are they saying, Asher Kedeshanu B'mitzvosa V'tzivanu, that Hashem commanded us, La'asok B'divrei Torah, to involve ourselves in Divrei Torah, so the idea that they don't have a chiv, a, a requirement to learn Torah, is sort of true, but they are required to know how to live their lives and to believe in Hashem and to fear Hashem and all those things, which doesn't come automatically. <laughs> so you have to learn stuff in order to do that. So you have to teach your children too. So, and so, so all of those things are... Um, there are women's related mitzvahs. They have, women have an absolute chiv to learn them, to know them. And, uh, and therefore, the concept of birchas Torah is something for women as well. The elu dvarim, like the mishnayis that are said immediately after birchas Torah, it's arguable whether women should or should not, or not should, have to or don't have to say those, but um, I, I believe that that is all part of what they do. Then we have the, berchos, the, the rest of brachos. 
in which Shaloasani Isha, you don't say. And then there is a bracha of Shaasani Kirtsono, which does not go back as far as the other brachos. The source of it is later. It's an interesting thing. The Taz, one of the commentators on the Shulchan Aruch, describes how that, and, and there are those that say that there's no such bracha. Like the Aruch HaShulchan says there's no such thing as Shasani Kirtzana. That's what he says. Um, says it was a later thing, it doesn't have to be said, and he makes it seem as though you say it, but it's, you say Baruch Shasani Kirtzana, you don't say Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech That's not part, that's not a, a bracha. Um, Others obviously disagree with that. I think everybody, I don't know. I don't know anybody. Do you know anybody that doesn't say it? Like with Hashem? I don't know. Um, but uh, we are knowing to say it. And the Taz, one of the commentators on the Shulchan Aruch, right at the time of, in the 1640s, like that's, I think, when he was, that was his heyday, he says that a woman is being mevareches al ma'alasa, that she is blessing about her maila that she has in being a woman. And um, and he's basically describing how there is a, while men are making the brachas in the negative, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this, so a woman is saying that I'm happy that I am who I am and what I am. And that is, so, so that is part of a woman's set of brachas that they say, and the hiratzon also afterwards is something that women should say. And then I have to go, Grab Marv over here, but we will continue with Carbonos and we'll try to fill out like the structure, exact structure of the day as it, as it keeps going. Thank you. Okay, yeah.